0: Of let's make it. This is a Monday night, and what is today's date? Today is the twenty-first of July. Yeah, and you can hear there. I'm in, I'm here with Bob this week. Uh, we kind of missed last week because I was having a pretty bad storm uh, that night. In fact, in, a little later in the show, we're going to show you a video of my hexacopter flying in from the hexacopter, and you're going to see that it actually picked up. Uh, chairs and umbrellas and took them across my house to the other side. So uh, it was a little bit of a bad storm we had, and I didn't want to chance it with the lights going browning out and everything even doing a show. So it was kind of a, the last hour type of thing when the storm started, and I said, like, I, I can't do it. So, And I actually lost power for a little while, too, so it was probably good that I didn't do it. I did lose a computer, though. I didn't know it until t- t- tonight. I went to go get... I fixed up Skype 1 for you, Bob. Tonight I could turn it on, and it won't come on. So oh. But I got I fixed it, figured the video problem out, so I was ready to talk you up with Skype 1, and so I did lose that. But Bob has two things for you tonight, and then I'm going to close out with a, a hexacopter and a little bit of an update. Um, but before we get started, I do want to talk about a couple of things that I've kind of gotten in, and uh, Bob knows about a couple of these, so i a couple over here. So this first one, um, I found this board, and um, I sent it to Bob, and I said, look what this thing can do. And, I mean, it's huge. Look how much look how much bigger it is than a typical Arduino. But uh, it's very powerful. Um, but I haven't plugged it in to say um, how powerful it is. It does run Linux or it runs Android. I think I'm going to try Android. But it has a uh, LVDS on it. It's, it's a gigabit port on the end. Uh, so it's it's a, it's a powerful machine. So hopefully it does what I wanted to do. I'm still looking for a good replacement for our CPUs, for our controllers, because the Arduino is... Well, two things I want to try to figure out. with the, the Arduino is hard to update remotely unless you have the IDE, so I want to get past that, where it's you know an easy upgrade process. That's one thing, but the Arduinos are not powerful enough to do multiple things sometimes. They get stuck. But these type, these type of boards are, you know, a lot more powerful. So uh, this is—what's this board called, Bobby? Remember? Uh, oh, yeah. Riot board, something like that? Riot board. It's called a riot board. So, um— Hopefully, in the next couple weeks, I get a chance to play with this because I'm excited about playing with this. And then last week, I showed you this. This is um, what's WDRT. It's in a router. They're very powerful chips, and all the networking is built onto them, and they have GPIO. But I also got the development board in, which makes it a lot easier to work with, so um, I'm still playing with that. That one, actually, I have stuff loaded on it, and um, I'm not quite sure it's going to do exactly what I want, but it's actually pretty powerful considering how small it is. And then... I'm still recording the videos for the making of the hexacopters, but one of the things you'll notice in the video is I complain about the radio that I got. Uh, it's made in China, so everything's backwards, so negatives on the right, positives on the left. It's just bizarre as far as a, a radio goes. But... People have hacked it, and this board is a hacking board. You basically stick it on top of the CPU, and you see these uh, spring pins right here. They go on positions on top of that board, so there's no soldering. You basically screw it directly onto that CPU, and this is then a programmer, USB programmer, and people have code for it. So it's open. It makes it, the whole radio open source. So I'm going to do a video of installing that. I'm still getting an LCD backlight that I haven't gotten yet before I install this, but that'll be in a video coming up with the quadcopters. That video is getting quite long. Um, But I do have the quadcopters up and running. So, well, I have one of them up and running and up and crashing, as I should say, also, as well, as you'll see in the video later on. Uh, That's
1: like a good crash to write your day.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I was a little worried when it it first happened because um, I didn't know how bad it was. And it looked kind of bad because some things fall off of it to keep it from breaking. But it really only broke one blade, and I put it back down and it put and a new blade on it. And I did super glue the struts a little bit because one of them cracked a little just to be safe. But for all in all, considering it fell from, like, probably 20 feet from the, on the sky, it survived pretty well. That's pretty good. Yeah. All right. So Bob has a list of things tonight. Two things, right? And you're going to do yeah. which one first?
1: Um, Either one.
0: You which pick. One. If you, if you,
1: out yeah, first
0: yeah good to go good new TV out so we right. we've updated on TV out
1: all right let me switch to my other let me switch to my desktop all right so what we're looking at here here's the the uh, uh, the show from the tv out episode we did a couple weeks ago and we got this comment and i read this and i wondered okay well did i make a mistake and after spending the better part of a full day looking at this and playing with it and testing it i found that um that yes indeed i did make a mistake in one sense i blamed um the I blamed the library for doing something it wasn't doing and then found that the library was doing something uh, that was creating the problem that I was having. So uh, what we talked about in the episode is that the, there was too much. I was using too much of the uh, flash memory when I, when I was uploading the sketch. So I, I ended up moving to Omega because it's got so much more flash room. And I blamed it on the resolution of, the, of the, uh, uh, the screen resolution that I was using. Well, it turns out that that, that, that was actually wrong. Uh, the, the resolution of the screen is actually going to uh, RAM. But instead of using bytes, it actually uses bits. So if you'll forgive my calculation, I didn't do this ahead of time. Uh, Standard resolution is 120 by 96, which gives you 11,520. And that would be in bits, which means if you divide that by 8, it's going to use 1440 of the 2,000 bytes that are available on an UNO. So he is correct when he says that the, the, the memory was not running out because of the, the resolution of the screen. What I did find is that this library use, uses ProgMem, which is a keyword for the compiler. And without going into the long technical discussion, essentially what this does is that it, uh, it puts um, the... Uh, uh, things that would normally go into SRAM, it puts them into flash memory. It makes them part of the sketch. So it makes the sketch bigger. And what I what I finally figured out what is a, was I was using so much of the library and I was cramming so many things into what was what I was trying to put on the Ono that my sketch was too big, but it was because of the... Uh, oh, this library not because of the SRAM so in one sense he in one sense he was he's right um, but I was still having problems with the UNO so if I had lowered the resolution I could have saved a little uh, room in the RAM and if I had tried to do fewer things in the in the library or with the library on the UNO then I would have saved the, the flash memory so um, it's but he does make a good comment, and he and he was he's right. I wasn't, uh, 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 you know, it it wasn't uh, um, it wasn't quite right what I said a couple weeks ago with this. So I was having the problem, but just not for the reason that that we had talked about during the show. So hopefully that corrects the the misunderstanding, and I'll add a comment to the page later.
0: Yeah, and and about that, there's um the whole comment thing out on the page. Um that's great to go out there and comment on it we do get notified we get a lot of spam out there so we don't allow the spam through people are trying to sell you a Viagra and things like that so uh, it may take us a little bit a little while to say yes it doesn't show up immediately but if you comment out there um, we it just comes in our email and it's a real quick it's a quick thing to do, quick thing to do I read the comment and then if it's okay I say accept it and it shows up there's not like I have to go through and do a lot of work or anything but if it shows if you do it in the middle of the night when I'm sleeping it won't show up till the next morning just just yeah. be aware of that.
1: Well, it is a good comment. So, and I'm, yeah. glad, he, I'm glad he corrected it. And I, I did learn a great deal about how uh, the the memory um, how the, the memory works and go switching back and forth between flash and RAM and right and when, where you can put things. And
0: did you write on utilities? Check that while you're doing it. Did you use some of the memory check routines.
1: I actually, well, I didn't write one. I found one. On, yeah, yeah playground and uh, yes I did actually find one and that's how I could verify exactly how many bytes were being added by the library
0: yeah I've used those tools it's very helpful when you when you're running on memory to figure out how you're using memory it's amazing how fast that little bit of memory goes away
1: yeah and, and with the TV out I, you know each pixel does have to have one bit so it does chew up memory pretty quickly on an and with a an Nuno only having 2,000 bytes Right. Pretty easy to use it up. Yeah. Uh, so and, and he is right. If you lowered the resolution, then you'd have more RAM available for other things. Right. Um, but I was trying to push the uh, you know push as much as I could, get as much onto the Uno as possible, and then of course I ran into the problem with trying to that a uh, uh, twenty five key keypad that I have needs ten I O pins. So.
0: Oh yeah, that goes that goes quick.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, and that's a whole different problem trying to use that with an UNO. So, right. Uh, so in one way he's absolutely right. And, 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 in another way, you know, it just, it wasn't, an UNO wasn't going to work for me with what I was trying to do. Right. But good comment. Good comment. All right.
0: So for the next thing, you got to kind of guide me what you want to do first.
1: Well, let's, uh, the next thing is a follow up on the GPS. Um, I have gotten a, a lot of emails trying to debug people's you know problems you know the, is it the is it the GPS that has a problem is it the uh, Arduino that's got a problem is it hardware physically not set up correctly um, so I ended up doing the, the video and the, uh, the PowerPoint um, I guess I guess let's do the video first
0: all right is there audio in the video? or Are you going to walk through it yourself?
1: Uh, there is audio with the video, uh, although it's a uh, uh, it was there was a bit of wind that day. All right, um, but there is audio with it, and essentially, this is what what I'm walking through is very quickly the U Center software that I actually got from uh, the the company that built the. The GPS—they were the ones that sent me this originally, and and this is a very quick demo on how to how to set up the Arduino, how to get it working, and a very quick demo on the U-center software.
0: All right, so you ready to go? I think I think we can talk over it too if we need to. I think I just fixed that, so we could do that if we want. Oh, okay. Um, you ready to go? Sure. All right.
1: Hello, everyone. As you can tell, it's not Monday night. It's actually Friday afternoon before the show, and I'm not in my office. Instead, I am at Boy Scout Hill at White Rock Lake here in Dallas. Here's a a view of the lake. It's a little windy here, but for a July day, it is absolutely wonderful. Uh, Here it is. It's coming up on noon right now and I don't even think it's 90 degrees yet so it's a beautiful day to be outside and demoing the GPS that we worked on a few weeks ago I've had uh, lots of questions about how to get it to work and lots of people have had trouble so I've sent uh, links to some software that will help you debug the GPS and see if it's in your code or if it's actually the GPS or your antenna or something else that's wrong. So tonight's segment that we're, we're recording right now is about that software. So first things first, let's look at the GPS and here's the GPS that we used uh, a few weeks ago. As you can tell I've taken the jumper pins out of it so it is connected to essentially the GPS is not connected to the Arduino. So first thing you do is we're going to load a blank sketch on it. And this is, this is all you need. This is all the code that you need. And we will upload that. I do have it plugged in already. Time to load. All right. Now it's done loading, so we're going to unplug it, and I'm going to plug in the jumpers for this, because you do need to pin, with the blank sketch, essentially what you're doing is you're just allowing the serial connection to pass through the Arduino into the software that we're going to look at. And you can hopefully you can see the jumper pins are now set, and get rid of that, and with that, we will plug the Arduino back in. And unfortunately, this software that we're using only works on Windows. So this is my Windows 7 that I have loaded on my Mac, MacBook Pro that I have a Lake. U-Center software. I am using, I believe, 8.1, yes, 8.1. And when I looked the other day, there is an 8.11 out now. So, got it installed, and now I'm going to select. I have Because I'm using Parallels with Windows 7 on my MacBook, I've got to turn it on and it should come up. Yep, came up COM3 and you see that nothing's happening. Well, the the answer is actually quite simple. The problem is that nine times out of ten, the bottom... so if we select 38400, voila! The GPS is now reading satellites and figuring out where it's at. And it is just that quick to figure that. In this case, the GPS and the antenna that I'm using perfectly, and you can tell that it has already figured out that I am here in Dallas, Texas. Already picking up, it's getting a good signal, a little intermittently from six of them, and four more. It's starting to read. It has figured out. Uh, that it's a few minutes after 5 UTC, which is correct because it's a little afternoon uh, here in Dallas. So five-hour difference is correct for central time. And that's it. It is just that easy to get the, the GPS working. And I think it's the third. We'll just look at the connections. Well, the, here, here, here's the common problems.
0: Right, and I can actually speak to some of these common problems with my last in the last week for me, because I asked you for help.
1: <laughs> right, yeah, Ed. Um, of course, your problem was one that isn't on this list, because it was...
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll go over that one, because I basically did what, what he just did, create a blank sketch, and it worked. So I knew that the GPS... My first thought was, because the GPS for the plug was kind of short, I thought maybe it was too short for it to make connection... So then I did what he just did, and I got data immediately. So I knew the problem wasn't the GPS. It was something that I was doing. So, But the 38.4 thing got me for a little bit um, with the even the software because I didn't know. Because uh, somewhere I read it was either 48 or something else, 4,800 or something else. And then I, I tried 4,800, and everyone as high as 38.4. So I think I went the 115 or something, and I skipped 38.4 for a while.
1: Well, 38.4 is kind of an odd release. Yeah, but. yeah that's that's all right, I guess.
0: So here's the software serial you see that on the screen there
1: Yeah now this is and that code that little snippet of code right there is right out of the code that uh, uh, that we demoed before and that's where that's that's the code in the physical pin two and three that I'm using.
0: All right and then.
1: And then the next slide is the way it looks with pins one and two connected for the U-center software.
0: Right. So at, at that point, you with the with the blank sketch in there, you're not doing anything. You're just converting USB to serial, and you're passing it onto the GPS at that point.
1: It's just pass, It's just passing through. So when I uploaded the blank sketch, those two pins they have to be off. Uh, otherwise, you'll be trying to communicate from your computer to the GPS, which right. you say doesn't work. So,
0: Right. So, so the problem that I, he helped me figure out and um, was, and this may be something I, where I got the software serial library from, but the software serial library had a 64-byte array limit on the buffer. So I wasn't getting, basically, I was running the giant GPS library and never getting anything. I just got back. Blanks. So I started debugging that library and figuring out I was getting data back, but I was never getting the asterisk and the checksum. It ended up being that it was being cut off, the first line was being cut off, and then it would give up after that. So I increased that buffer to four times its size, 256, and then I started getting all the data, and then it just started working immediately. So that's something that if you get a tiny GPS software or library and it's not working for you, just go into the software serial, increase the buffer size in software serial, and that's all it did did for me. It took me a lot to figure it out. Um, Lots of debugging, seeing I was getting data, but then I realized I wasn't getting a checksum, uh, a valid checksum, so it would just throw it away at that point.
1: Yeah, and it's funny because
0: uh, Your software serial works fine.
1: Yeah, my software serial worked fine. I haven't had that problem.
0: Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Maybe I got a, a version somewhere that has a smaller buffer in it, or maybe my UNO's not working properly or something. I don't know. But that yeah, definitely I fixed had, my problem. Out.
1: I had the problem where my tiny GPS, uh, you know, there's the last time I looked, there were twelve or thirteen different releases of it.
0: But and I, and I probably got an old release of it or something.
1: Uh, well, the, I remember the, when I first did that, started working with that GPS. The the library that I had had some bugs in it, so those have probably been fixed by now.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's something to look for if you're having. I mean, my tiny GPS software would not work. That's why I thought it was broken. I was asking you about it because I yeah. couldn't figure what was going on. Then when I realized it's functioning fine on the PC, then I realized it's something I was doing. So. Right.
1: And that's, and that's the reason why I did that, that little video is that uh, it, it because you know when you're when you have multiple systems all in play at once, you you've got to isolate and figure out okay what's working and what's not and uh, you know the first thing to do is always you know is the GPS working? Right. Because I've had you know there's there's been some people that the GPS was actually working and it was a bad antenna.
0: Which is what yeah. I thought my problem was because I was sitting there thinking like well maybe it's taking a while to come up then I let it go for 15 minutes I wasn't getting anything. I'm like, okay, and it's not, so I looked off the plug, and the the little wire, and it was kind of short, and I'm like, that might not be touching. It's close, and obviously, it is touching just fine, so.
1: And and that's why I went outside is because I could, uh, with the antenna that that I've been using, I get a connection immediately when I'm outside. I
0: can stick it in my window and get one within a couple seconds. Typically, within two or three seconds, I'm getting something back.
1: Well, it's funny, you know, my my office is in a three-story building, and I'm at least 30 or 40 feet from the nearest window, and it takes a couple of hours, but eventually it will, the GPS will figure out where it's at.
0: That's funny. Uh, it probably, is, when Sally's passing over a certain direction, or something like, guys, it gets enough data to figure out where it's at.
1: Just enough data, yeah. And, it, you know, I was picking up, in that demo, we were picking up 10 satellites off and on. Um, yeah. But it, you only need three to triangulate your right.
0: Oh, well, you need four to get altitude, right? Um Three is gauge X, Y, and four gets you the Z. Yeah.
1: So, but for me, three three gives me where, you know, yeah where you're sitting out. at. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I don't need to know my altitude. I'm not <laughs> at yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm on. Around, so I'm okay. <laughs> the other
0: thing I noticed is that software seems like it'll pick up other types of satellites. I mean, there's more than just the U.S. based GPS systems now. There's the OS and apparently it can do that as well.
1: Yeah, it, I haven't I haven't studied that, but in, uh, from what I've been told from people uh, you know elsewhere around the world is that it is it is picking up other satellites.
0: Yeah, that's becoming a more more common thing now. The the GLONUS or whatever they call that. Satellite system. So, all right. So, the next thing, actually, is just the last. I'm gonna end with the video. It's a little bit long, uh, but if you like watching things fly, and it's done on the outside of my house, so you'll see the, what the storm damage was when you're seeing that too. But it ends in a crash, and it actually, I want to say up front uh it has other a few other issues I'm trying to work out which are the speed controllers one of them is like when it gets the low it just stops it will be in midair and just one, one prop sitting still that's what i was trying to figure out and then i tried taking it off it caught some wind with one prop off and it flew into my screened in porch hex hit the soffit broke a blade fell down and that's all the damage was done to it i mean the landing gear is designed to fall apart uh, if it's hard crash so it did I put it back together and I did super glue a piece to it just to make sure it didn't crack anymore where it cracked but besides that it's pretty uh, it, it does pretty well so I have a, I'm doing a whole series of videos on making these this is the first one this one is using for the most part off the shelf pieces it's using a uh, DJI NASA controller uh, has a DJI video broadcast system in it, and, and, but the motors are not DJI. They're all open source. The speed controllers are open source. The frame costs like 30 bucks, so it's like it's open source. So it's all low cost stuff, except on the controllers. I'm building some more that are a lot lower cost, even than this. Uh, but this is the first one. And it's actually been a little bit of an experience because as you build things like this that are like kind of open source, you find things that don't work together real well. And I've actually gone ahead and removed the original speed controllers. Actually, had one of them catch on fire, uh, smoked, made a big mess, big spark. So um, I went to uh, larger ones, um, and the other ones I'm going to use for the smaller motors. And one of the other ones, I had six of them. One of them burnt up, so I have another quadcopter that's using 750 milliamp um, motors versus the one kilo one kilo amp one. I guess or one amp kilovolts thousand kilovolts uh, motors and um, that I just went to 30 amp uh, speed controllers but we're gonna go and play the video and at the that will be the last thing we really do in the show we'll come back and talk a little bit afterwards and stuff like that as well but uh, hopefully this video plays Battery dead. Oh, uh, let's see what I just happened. The show so a couple of things um a couple of other shows we've been doing live call-ins now so we have a call-in number i don't think be interested in doing that i mean it's it's running right now i'm just not even look i'm not looking at to see who's calling in but if that's something that interests people to call in and talk to us uh live during the show that'd be kind of i'd be kind of interesting if you, if you want me to do that and it takes me two minutes to set it up and i just got to watch it so i just don't i'm not in the habit of watching it except for that one show um but definitely willing to do it. It's there it's always the running, so it's not like it's any extra work other than the two minutes to get us set of them in front of me. So let us know if you want to try that. Um anytime we you know I don't know, Bob, what do you think about that?
1: Um, on game. Uh
0: I mean there's some, no video, it's just it's all audio, it's all over the phone, so
1: Yeah, sometimes it's uh when th- somebody throws a part at you, uh you gotta go look up the data sheet real quick. So Yeah kind of stumble for a
0: minute before. But like, I'm thinking like if they're having problems with some particular thing on an Arduino, they could call in and maybe ask a question about it or something like that. Yeah. That's kind of how we're using it on the other shows is it's more of, you know, we'll help you out if you're having questions or problems or things like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm just th- throwing it out there. Like I can say I got it all set up, ready to go, and any show can use it. So we can look at that. Um, one thing I should mention at the beginning of the show is I actually got an email, a very interesting email from one of our, our viewers. Um Oh, well, Jim says he's Mike shy, video shy. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a sign of a true geek behind the keyboard. Um, I got an email, and I first read it. I thought it was had to be wrong because I got it, and it was from a 13-year-old, one of our viewers, who has been um, – what is it when you get a press pass? Um, he's been – I forget what you call that. But basically, he's allowed to go and set up cameras at launches for the uh, Air Force. And he's trying to build a, a timer controller to control the camera. So he has to go, I guess he has to go like a day before, has to sit there for a while because you can't be around the launch pad within a certain period of time before the launch. So he's trying to figure out how to get everything timed so that it, um, he's also listening. So he put it, took a piezo sensor, and if he hears loud noises, he starts taking pictures. So he wants to set a video camera up now to start it and stop it. So I'm just impressed that there's a 13-year-old out there working on Arduino projects like this.
1: Yeah, that is impressive. Um, so he wants to use an Arduino to time the camera.
0: Yeah, so uh, I think part of the thing is he wants to know, because he, he has to know how long it's sitting up there. So he started originally asking about real-time controllers. And I I mentioned that the GPS was another option for him because it has time on it and wouldn't have to, it's easy to interface with. Versus the RTCs are sometimes, they're typically, you know, I2C control or things like that, and they're, you know... little bit more difficult Um, let me see if I have his email here in front of me I meant to bring it up earlier I totally forgot
1: okay I found it
0: yeah he sent it to the let's make it
1: Um, cameras are triggered by sound
0: right so he is that part working I think uh, and now he's trying to get the video camera apart to work with, with the real-time controllers. So anyways, I, I was impressed. I When he said 13 years old, I was like, that's impressive.
1: That's my kind of kid. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. A true geek at heart there. And the fact that he's even been acknowledged by, as basically press by the Air Force is impressive in itself. I didn't. Right. I didn't really ask in details about uh, how he became, you know, you know, sort of, or what do they call that when you have a press rights and stuff. Credentials. But, creden- yeah, press credentials, but there's a process that you go through. And I can't remember what it what it is, but he says it in his first email. But anyways, I also thought that was very very impressive. Okay, uh, so Jim's asking why not RTC, and there's not a reason why not RTC um, at all. Just they're a little bit, or typically, um, uh, they're typically a little more complicated. I guess it was the reason I was thinking, Um because they're I two C based, and the other, the GPS ones are serial based. Real easy to read. Tiny GPS could just tell you what time it was. Um,
1: yeah, you're right. The the using the real time clock is a little more cumbersome. Yeah. And GPS is is much more convenient and, and easier to get running.
0: The other thing about RTC is if it gets set wrong by accident somehow, you, it never recovers. Where GPS is going to give you the time that it is right now, you know, every second. Yeah. That was my but only GPS. thought behind it. There was no setting it up. You just pretty much set it down and set time on it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and it's easy to keep your time perfect. With
0: right. The right. Right, within, you know, milliseconds, you know, where it takes a little, you know, to process it. But right. um, so, yeah, he's also t- talking about days running on batteries. So there's some concern there, too. Um, I sent him some links about it going to sleep. And me, I read some of the articles about interrupts for waking it up and things like that. So there's a couple of things you can do. Um, he's, he's pretty much aware of the, the battery draw for LEDs because he said it needs a Arduino that doesn't have LEDs. And so he's, you know, he's pretty well aware of the battery draw of that kind of stuff too so he's he started out pretty well that was
1: yeah I, yeah and i'd have to look up the, what the draw on a, a gps is but i know you can put gps's to sleep as well
0: that's what i would do i'd put it to sleep for and then put the whole thing to sleep for like a minute and then bring in well you can you know there's a couple ways you could do it you can leave the gps sleep longer actually once an hour check it Right. and just count on the local t- local timer to keep it accurate and maybe with if you get within a certain window you start being a little more active with it checking it more often yeah so there's a bunch of things there i mean it's very interesting i'd like to see some videos some pictures of it when he's when he's done with it
1: yeah and that would help with his power management which if he's got batteries, he's going to have to worry about that so
0: right i mean i sell some articles there about running on 4 double A's for a year on arduino and how you can do it so there's ways you can do it
1: a year on double A batteries.
0: Four double A's. <laughs> yeah. So there's was, there's was good actual battery management articles if you just search for battery management, Arduino uh, battery management, uh, or power management. There's good articles on how different ways people are trying to do it. So I never yeah. knew. I never really thought about that too much until you started asking me questions about it. I'm like, hmm, how do you do that? Because <laughs> I've read where you put to sleep, but then you gotta wake it up with something. So there's a whole article and articles on how to do that, as well.
1: Yeah, I the only time I've ever used a battery with an Arduino is a uh, nine volt with the GPS. And that was just a a twenty minute run around the block. Right. To see if it was gonna work. And then and then I got a barrel connector from the local electronics store and plugged it into the five volt uh, adapter in the car. So
0: Yeah, so you have power all the time?
1: Yeah. I had power all the time, so it's never been a it's never been an issue for me. Right. But yeah, just by itself, if it's sitting there, and Arduino isn't going to draw a lot of current.
0: so Jim wants to know if uh you went for a swim while you're at the or a boat boat ride at the lake
1: uh no, I did not 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 that time.:
0: You don't uh, you can't swim in that lake, can you? Um, or it's not recommended
1: I would go out there
0: <laughs> and either, even the first lake where you were with the airplane to over you, that's another one I wouldn't really want to okay. get in either.
1: Yeah, I didn't talk about that in the, yeah, we were, uh, Jim, we were talking about this before the show. I actually started off recording at Bachman Lake, which is right in the flight path for Love Field in Dallas, and after a couple takes of trying to get that video working, I ended up chewing up the battery on my laptop, so I had to come home, uh, charge my battery back up, and then I decided I wasn't going to repeat Bachman Lake, so I went over to White Rock and... I think it was the third or fourth take before I finally got that.
0: Um, and that in the Love Field is for the most part southwest
1: planes. Mo- yeah. Uh, so all
0: those planes were probably southwest or some private type things, company corporate southwest type stuff.
1: Probably is the is the bulk of their um, but I guess Delta does fly one or two flights out of there. Oh and really? is supposed to be getting a couple gates. I
0: thought they weren't supposed to do that anymore with DFW and the in the right amendment
1: uh right amendment is going away oh wow so yes you're going to see more from southwest in the future so so so
0: yeah. yeah that makes you can fly directly into dallas without going through a local state or texas
1: that hopefully so so
0: that'd be nice
1: yeah and not going to dfw
0: right uh,
1: although you know dfw is a good airport but gosh it's big yeah if
0: you have to go, Teen terminals it takes you forever.
1: Uh, it's a little better now that they've got the new, was it Skytram?
0: Oh, really? I haven't been through Dallas Fort Worth in a while.
1: Yeah, they've got a they've got a new train system between the terminals. That's a lot better than the old uh, than the old system. So,
0: Jim saying you could have used my ADSB project. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Uh, we'll go ahead and we'll call it a show. All right. <laughs> Failures and everything.
1: Yep, that's right.
0: i have to figure out why the videos aren't playing, because it still says it's playing the one video. And it's not. It's just sitting there.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, we got a few things to figure out.
0: Yeah, well, that's what happens with software. So it, the video will be in the final, final version. All right. Well, I just want to remind everybody you can get us on YouTube or you can download us uh, on any of the podcast directories. You can watch us on the Roku. We're actually working on making the Roku live, so you can watch it everything live on the Roku itself. Uh, that's a project I'm working on right now, using some other software that resides up in the cloud, but still a little ways to go on, on that. Uh, but tell your friends. Uh, it's always helpful to spread the word around and get more people to watch. Our downloads have been going really good. So, I to keep more people in the live chat and uh, make it a little more interactive. We have our regulars in there and we definitely appreciate that. But uh,
1: and send emails cuz yeah. you, you answer it and uh, you know, the the GPS segment was because of questions from people were asking. So,
0: Right. And we the comments except on the website, we I don't know, do you get copies of the comments or do I just have to forward them to you? I can't remember if I
1: you forwarded those.
0: Okay. Yeah, I have probably start forwarding everything to you. I mean, I won't forward the junk, obviously, but the good stuff I'll forward to you as comments come in. Because we do get notified right away when that happens because I have to approve them. And like I said, it's just a one its one click. I approve or, or delete in depending
1: on what it is. Yeah, and the spam and the Viagra and the porn, yeah, we don't need any
0: of that. Yeah, I haven't gotten any porn, but I've gotten – and i got the typical thing like, hey, I like your show. we like this. Check out my blog at type thing, you know, to, for the link backs. Because people don't realize it doesn't work anymore. (laughs) That's actually a negative thing to do that. But um, we still get it. But anyways, I want to thank everybody for the show. There will be no show next Monday. I'm actually traveling uh, next Monday. And we'll be back the following Monday. So Sounds good. All right. We'll see everybody in two weeks. Good night. Night.